When the leaves turn brown, they come a tumbling down. Remember. Oh, it's autumn. There is a chill in the air and a chill in our podcast coffers. If you like Crisis Twin, consider donating a small monthly surcharge to the podcast that will help support the operating costs and just general good vibes of this enterprise. It's completely optional and you can donate as much or as little as you want, but much like Melissa Leo once said, consider stay warm. Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I am the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is a very special guest, a singer and songwriter from the UK whose album Life in Plastic is one of my absolute favorite pop records of the year so far, and the expanded edition of which is out on Friday, correct? Monday the 17th. Oh, Monday the 17th. Um, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, it's Tom Aspall. Hi. <laughs> hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing very well. I love the release on, like, Monday as opposed to Friday. It feels very, like, old-school pop release in a way that I kind of like. Yeah, I like to do things, like, a bit like it's 1995 or something, yeah. especially with this album. Um, but also for like a practical reason, there's so much music that's released on a Friday that because I'm not uh, signed to a label or anything, I have the freedom to just do whatever I want. Yeah. So I'm always like, yeah, let's just do a Monday. And it's really nice to be like Monday morning. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I like I remember when they did the shift from Tuesday releases to Friday releases here. I know, I think that's like an international thing, but that, it, it's so crazy to me that like major labels basically have the power to just unilaterally like make that decision. Yeah, well, this is it. And it's, I think it it's difficult if you're, I mean, I obviously have always released since it's been a Friday thing. So yeah. I'm, I'm not that old, but um, <laughs> it's, it's harder for independent artists, I think, to release to kind of Friday because you kind of want to build up momentum over a week and sort of releasing on a Friday, it's released and then people just forget about it over the weekend, don't they? And then just return to their faves on a Monday. Yeah. That's, so with my first album, I released on a Monday um, because it was on my birthday. That was the main reason. And I just thought it was actually a really good system of doing it and so Mm -hmm. here we are album two and what an album it is it's I I mean I'm not here just to like blow smoke up your ass about it but like it is just (laughs) so much fun like a perfect like synthesis of like euro dance and like 90s club music but like very like current at the same time like I'd love to hear a little bit about like 
the headspace you were in, like the influences you had when you were kind of like creating the genesis for it? Yeah, well, I've been doing promotion for my first album for almost three years um, because of the pandemic. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that began releasing that 2019 and it got to a point where I was just sick of like disco, which mm-hmm. was the kind of genre of that record. And um, I wanted to do something that was sort of celebrating the music I grew up around and came of age too, because I guess it kind of feels a bit like a coming of age album as well, even though I'm 35. Um, <laughs> but um, it's one of those things where I just looked at the music I loved as, as a adolescent and was like, right let's just you know aqua and steps and I guess um I don't know if you'll know any of these bands because it's quite UK centric but um do you know steps I don't know if oh, you have- <laughs> I am one of me I like steps is not unknown in the states like I think right. so, there's a very like different distinction just like if we're just going to call it like euro dance or whatever in the states is sort of seen yeah. like this cheesy phenomenon like yeah but like i mean that's like not what i would call it necessarily but i do feel like barbie girl by aqua yeah has almost a novelty song reputation here and like right. i don't remember what is like i always call it well they had an album baby, but oh, yeah they had a five, great album five six seven eight yeah the that's their big hit here and that's definitely like yeah like a kids party song a little bit but they have some real like actual proper like tunes that are fantastic yeah and everyone's gonna start somewhere and i think it's very similar to aqua in a sense you know it's like a mixed gender band um kind of had a bit of a gimmick with their first record and then actually when it comes down to it released some really great pop music um people like the Venga Boys, again, mm-hmm. very similar, kind of were a yeah. bit of a one-hit wonder and then actually released some really great songs. There's a load of Scandinavian music that has influenced it. And then also, um, sort of in the early 2000s, there was a lot of Romanian pop divas like yeah. Alexandra Stan and <laughs> Ina, and they were huge references on, on a lot of this record. Um, and then a lot of like trance, I don't know if that ever really crossed over to the USA, but there was a lot of European, like Darud, Rui mm-hmm. de Silva, a lot of sort of European, almost like all of them seem to be like one hit wonders um, from all around Europe, all different countries. Um, and it was always just like really good dance music, very European sounding, like you said. And yeah, um, that was the sort of main sonic reference and it kind of lent itself well to all the imagery has a kind of Y2K late Mm -hmm. 90s early noughties vibe to it and if anything it was like a reaction to what I'd done before which had been so retro in a like 70s 80s way Mm -hmm. I just really wanted to move away from that and change change things up a bit and um, have fun with it as well because of you know the I, I think the 
the color palette for black country disco was almost that was like restrictive and then with this i was just been like it's just been like an explosion yeah but for better or for worse i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no uh, that was a definite starting point and then in terms of the lyrics um again it's it's referring back to the first album but that was all about me um going through a breakup and leaving london and coming home to my hometown um mm -hmm. and i really wanted the narrative for life in plastic to be just the complete opposite to that so not to refer to that to almost just be like vignettes of different things and just like what it is like as a, a gay man i guess in your 30s living yeah. in the uk now the the lyrics definitely have a little bit more of like a playfulness and like a hedonism to them than like black country disco for sure but it's not like i think one of the reasons why euro dance as a genre in the states has a probably unwarranted cheesy reputation is that like the lyrics are not necessarily that deep not that like good pop music needs to be deep or profound in any specific way but like I think one of the reasons Life in Plastics for me really hit so hard was because the songwriting is so dense and complex like yeah no I wanted I think it's very easy to um compare the two albums and say that it's less uh emotional in a way or it's less um I don't know, rooted in some kind of real life event that happened. Mm -hmm. I guess because Black Country Disco almost was like a, an opera or like a musical. It had a real narrative, beginning, middle and end. And I just really wanted to move away from that and do something different. And actually, a lot of the topics in, in Life in Plastic are like deceptively dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and obviously the production is super happy and maybe maybe a little bit cheesy in parts but it, that's like a purpose that's like that's done on purpose and I want I want it to be like a weird um, mix of the two yeah my favorite song on the album is Effigy which is this oh yeah I think I mean the lyrics are just absolutely perfect and then you pair it with this head rush trance production <laughs> I mean it's it's a it's such a good juxtaposition and it works like it's it's addictively like weird and interesting and I, I i yeah it's great but there are a lot remember, of songs like that yeah do you remember melanie c um when she left the well when she did her first solo album post spice Girls. yeah like that i turned to you kind of yeah, yeah she i kind of think that was a, a template for life in plastic because she kind of flits through all these genres that are seemingly different um yeah. you know she's got some left eye lopez and people mm -hmm. like that and it's all and there's like you know it it might not feel consistent but then when you listen to it as a whole it really works and I think I really wanted to try something like that and have like a trance song like I turn yeah and then you have like there's a, a UK garage song on there mm -hmm. um and I get I was just basically really just having fun and and not really caring as much about having to be like this one thing if that makes sense because I think a lot of people um really loved Black Country Disco for its cohesion and the fact that it's like you can play it as one 
song mm-hmm. almost from front to back. Um, and maybe I'll return to that style of album making in the future. But if you're an artist, like it's, you just really want to push forward and do something different each time. And when I tell you, I was, I was a little bit sick. Of Black <laughs> By the time I still, I've, I've revisited that album over the summer and I absolutely adore it again. And I, I love it. But because I had to tour a lot of those songs and it was really hard, like having to dig up mm-hmm. those emotions and like get, in, get yeah. in touch with everything. And so I'm actually like really eager to get out on the road with Life in Plastic because um, I think we're going to like remix pretty much everything. And Oh, cool. You know, yeah. Can you I hope- tease a few of the remix potentially or what are mm-hmm. you thinking? Well, it's, it's more like um, I just love it when you go to a gig and mm-hmm. the the songs have different intros or they repeat choruses or different outros or they merge into the other songs like I just love it when an artist is really playful with their live performances and doesn't just stick to mm-hmm. just doesn't play the backing track basically and yeah and stick to the formula um, so I've got quite a few nice ideas. And I think with the expanded version of Life in Plastic, you, there are three extended versions of, of songs. Um, so I kind of have got a taste for it already. Effigy is one of them, actually. Ooh, um, exciting. It's really, honestly, yeah. like, Effigy's, the extended version is, it's like relentlessly, it's just a lot, which is great. Because yeah. it's, it's like, it's really, I, I mean... It sounds so big-headed, but it's like, it is, it's great. <laughs> no, I mean, like, trance music, like, that, like, either needs to be, like, three minutes or nine minutes, basically, and, like, nothing in between. Like, you can sustain that sort of energy level and, like, head rush constantly. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's, like, proper dance music. It's it's great. Yeah, um, it, has, it has to kind of go on a bit. If you're going to do an extended version, you have to go on a bit of a journey with it. Yeah. And, of just have a minute of just the same drum beat and like just have yeah. a very slow build and I'd honestly like was all because um someone wrote on a forum I think I released the track listing of of the expanded version and someone did a post saying if there's no extended version of effigy he can keep it <laughs> and yeah. someone screenshotted that and sent it to me and I was like, right, okay, uh, okay, I'm gonna do it because I actually had been thinking about it, and it was more uh, more me just considering the runtime because it's like nearly it's like over an hour this extended yeah. version, um, and uh, but yeah, it, it took me one hour to rejig everything, and then I was really happy with yeah. the results. That that's very cool. One song I do want to talk about because I think it's also a good segue into like the main central emergency that we'll get into is listen to Nicole, which I think is such a fun, playful song. And I would have never thought in a million years, and I'm not knocking her off or anything, but (laughs) like that an ode to Nicole Scherzinger would be this fun and addictive of a song. Yeah. Well, she, that kind of found its genesis in the, the reunion performance that they did um i think it was on the x factor or something in the uk yeah it was only, it was only two years ago and they just did a medley of their greatest hits and i was like 
wow they have got the songs so obviously me and some friends were like let's book some tickets to go and see them that never materialized because you know they fell out or something i'm not sure yeah and the timing was so bad to like react their comeback single which is still fantastic if the week yeah literally it came out two (laughs) weeks before covid hit so i bad timing and like that's always been kind of a fraught situation it seems but yeah so added added to add another layer of stress to that being the pandemic and then you know people just sat around with nothing to do but overthink things i think that's probably what happened and in the end um you know it wasn't to be and it is what it is but it was it left me with this burning desire like burning hole that i needed filling (laughs) that was and that was listen to nicole because all i did was listen to her or the pussycat dolls i became like fanatical about them Um, yeah really weird like i have these obsessions with people um and it just so happened i think i might have been in australia or somewhere like that and i was like freshly single and i was there to have a good time mm-hmm. and um funnily enough as a side note the, the girl who co-wrote react was in australia at the same time she's called uh, call me loop and we'd been for drinks i think mm-hmm. but anyway i was back in my airbnb and i was on uh, an app <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. i was like really you know waiting for someone to reply and then obviously they strung me along and nothing happened and I was getting really frustrated so I did put on I don't need a man to kind of uh like pacify these feelings and um it worked it really it worked a treat I was like I don't need a man and then I was like good night I don't I'm just gonna go to bed (laughs) and that was it and uh it was like a little switch went off in my head I was like that would be a really funny song um, and then two years later, um, when I was writing Life in Plastic, I kind of thought, yeah, I'm going to write about that experience. Um, and then it just, it snowballed into this thing where I was like, how many Nicole Scherzinger references can I mm-hmm. shoe on into this song? <laughs> um, I'm really sad I didn't get like wet in there or baby love or there's so many amazing ones like that poor Kenny Kenny you know yeah. uh, unreleased Hawaiian song but there are so many incredible hits but I think you know I did well to get four or five in one of the greatest or like the strangest pop music narratives I think over the past 10 almost 15 years now is Nicole Scherzinger as a solo artist never got big over here like she is such a UK specific phenomenon as a solo artist which yeah feels like I mean an oversight I mean there's a lot of like UK stuff that doesn't cross over stateside but it's so weird to have like an an American pop artist who's essentially only successful like in Europe yeah it's weird um I think she kind of she really tried and had that song with 50 Cent yeah a song with uh (laughs) p diddy and you know that was what she was going to do like rap girl basically and that just did that didn't feel natural with her even though she was on songs with buster rhymes with the pussycat dolls and everything snoop dogg like it just didn't feel right yeah she came to the uk was an x-factor judge and then 
it did like an album of red one bangers and yeah just kind of i think the usa had like red one fatigue or something i don't know but because she was on our televisions every saturday night and it was the biggest show it was like i can't under i can't overstate how impactful x factor was when she was a judge it was massive like she launched cheryl cole's like solo career like it was that level of hugeness um so if she would have flopped in the uk then it would have something would have been seriously wrong but she did do this one performance of poison uh, where she was just incredible and like she's just she has basically got what it takes and also on top of that she had this weird friendship relationship with andrew lloyd webber and did a lot of um like the, the royal variety performance where she really showed her vocal chops so it was just like she was everywhere she she was on a yogurt advert here like she was just everywhere she did like a hair like she was just omnipresent Nicole Scherzinger and it yeah. was it is odd because obviously yeah I know she didn't really ever break out in America and I think that's kind of what she ultimately wants you know but yeah I mean she is famous here though like these she, days I think she's the judge on the mass singer the U.S. Yeah. version and she I mean that's like a great gig it's one of the few p- shows that actually garners like a big mass audience over here these days so like yeah. and she's never gone away like people love pussycat dolls and i like and i got a tiktok the other day um that like some gen z person was like the tick the pussycat dolls were so problematic and i'm like okay like if they're crossing down into this level of like let's break down like the outfits and like the sexualization like you've kind of made it again as like a nostalgia cycle. Yeah. Wow. I'd love to, I'd love to see that TikTok. I have absolutely zero like idea how they could be problematic. Was it no? I when I I grow up, maybe, I don't know. Is that slightly problematic? I don't think any of it's problematic. Like it's all like, like every pop video looked like a pussycat dolls video back then. Like that just was, it was just like this stylistic, like marker of the era. I didn't realize that they had like, until I became really fanatical, they had like this lineup change uh, and it's quite seamless because they force one of them to dye their hair red, don't they? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, and and it's really sad. (laughs) It's really sad that like they're, with respect to the the other non-Nicole members, that they're so interchangeable because or well, they were so interchangeable. And I think when it when it did come down to their reunion and React, I think it felt like they had more of a voice this time around and they yeah. were getting a bit, bit more airtime in the interviews and stuff like that, which was uh, going in the right direction. But I just think Nicole's such a huge personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she has a bit of a megalomania to her. Like, it's kind That's, of... I mean, I'm obsessed with her, which is obviously oh, why... Yeah. I did my my song about her and I just thought do you know what like if she ever hears I know she has heard listen to Nicole um and I know that she likes it and I Uh think I just think you know what that's the kind of person that would really appreciate it do you know what I mean like she really she really would like appreciate a song about her and to be fair like I will I will 
always stick up for oh yeah Nicole Scherzinger her talent her beauty um and it's a rare occasion where the UK gets something right which is <laughs> well I, I don't well I when within the musical sphere I will beg to disagree um, really? and I think this is maybe a good segue into this episode's cultural emergency um Tom yeah. what are you rushing to the ER today I am rushing to the ER the fact that UK girl groups are severely underrated and underappreciated by the mainstream yeah. in the United States of America. So, so why do you say that UK music doesn't necessarily get it right? Well, um, I'm for, like my sort of favorite artist of all time is, is <laughs> Janet Jackson and yeah. always has been. Um, even though like I go through phases in the moment, I, I, don't, I couldn't give, I don't care. But like, so, like when it comes down to it, like I'll be on my deathbed and I'll be like, play when I think of you, please. <laughs> that's, like yeah. how it's gonna, <laughs> that's how it's going to go down. So I think with Jana, she has never had a uh, number one in the UK. Um, oh, I did not know that. That's shocking. Yeah. And in the USA, I think she's had 12 or 13. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, she's only had one number one album in the UK, and that's Janet, which obviously is her biggest album. Yeah. But, you know, things like Rhythm Nation, um, All For You, neither of those, I think, made number one in the charts. Um, As a whole, her cultural impact is kind of restricted to either the LGBTQ community or the black community. It's not like a, a mainstream British thing to like yeah. Janet Jackson. And uh, yeah, like, you know, she gets a lot of love and respect on like specialist radio, whether it's like an like a R&B type radio station or an 80s radio station or something, but she would never, you know, Radio 1 wouldn't play her, for instance. And it's just... And, and, and that really has been throughout all her career. She kind of had a bit of a peak during the, um, the one album that I think outperformed in the UK was Velvet Rope. Mm-hmm. I think it, it underperformed in the US, but in the UK. Yeah. Because, of, because she did like Eurodance with Together Again. I think that elevated that album. And that's a, a lot of people's awareness of her. Uh, begins with that which is shocking I think yeah um so you know we didn't I think maybe because a lot of her music was quite U.S. specific in terms of it was quite new jack swing and yeah. that never really was massive here um and again it's kind of like it just didn't happen so that that's one thing I also like Mariah Carey's never really not had the amount of success as she has in the USA as, as she has in the UK. She's only had two number ones here. And that that is shocking to me. And they are a really awful cover that she did with Westlife. Um, and, and it's, yeah. and all I want for Christmas is you, which I think only made number one last year, like as it obviously does yeah. every year comes back around. It finally made the top. Um, but yeah, things like, you know, songs like Honey, Heartbreaker, Fantasy, they all just scraped the top 10 here. So that's another thing that the UK got wrong. Um, but I, I just think, you know, it, it's interesting because then at the same time, you could say the USA didn't 
really ever get Girls Aloud or Sugar Bear. Not at or... all. And that's but... a shame. Like, because the girl group music is like from post Spice Girls. I mean, even through 2022, like my like big new musical obsession this year is Flow. Um, oh, yeah. I love them. And like, and but they're a very like almost American style girl group because it's very much like kind of channeling like destiny's child like writings on the wall era for you know the contemporary sound like it's cool stuff yeah i think that's probably where the 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 issue lies is that the sugar babes kind of had a couple of songs that crept into the usa yeah like but when you think about girls aloud their music is so british sounding yeah, I mean, it's obviously Xenomania. It's just like, I think idiosyncratic is the right word. It's just so like niche. Like, I think it, I don't think anyone in America would understand it on the radio. Like, they'd just be like, why are there so many choruses? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah, it, it's it, a I, lot of moving parts. Like, it, if I had to think of an analog to that, like, Xenomania sound, it would honestly be almost like K-pop, like, kind of like, but K-pop yeah. from like five or six years ago, not like the Blackpink stuff now, but like just a lot of moving parts, no reels, like like a bunch of hooks stick, hooks stitched together without, you know, the kind of like structure and repetition that yeah. I think like, I mean, a but lot also, of pop music is very mathematical as like Max Martin would say, but. There's no, also, I don't think there's no over sexuality. So if you look at, uh, successful girl groups of the same era, like the Pussycat Dolls. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're a burlesque <laughs> troupe to start. And, you know, Girls Aloud didn't really dance in their videos. They just looked pretty in a nice dress, and that was it. Um, and, yeah, like, you, if you go through their videos, I would be, like, I'd be very surprised if there's even, like, a bit of cleavage. Like, it's just so, like, no. they're just in nice dresses, and that's or nice very couture towards the end and like they probably they had a good stylist towards the end but it was always like t- very top shop <laughs> there, and there it is like a lot of it's very goofy like I was re-watching the biology video the other day yeah because I, I, I just I love it it's so weird and silly and like kind of yeah. it just I mean it's like these kind of herky-jerky moments they're I mean they're not dancers they were never really dancers but no they like, did handography yeah. But I do I think that's kind of a, a large part of why it didn't cross over is because it was just too hard to like market and then and I I really put, I I in contrast to Little Mix who I think have really um gone after the American market to the detriment of their songs and styling and music mm-hmm. videos. I think to the detriment of their like um, individuality as a girl group because their songs are interchangeable with Nicki Minaj or Rihanna or someone like that of the same era. And it's because they've really gone, they looked at people like Girls Aloud not doing well in the USA and they're like, well, we need to sound like we're American, look like we're American and, you know, have Nicki Minaj as a guest on that. It's very, it's like quite obvious and, like the first few Little Mix records were really similar to Girls Aloud, I always thought. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. 
and it, it's a shame i think that it they like you know that grl ripoff song and it's just mm-hmm. it's a shame because i think if they would have continued down that road m- might not have been as successful but i think we would have got better songs yeah um but maybe music changed around around them as well and well, that was sort of a natural progression so that's definitely part of it like when they were doing their big u.s push i always think of like black magic as being the real turning point for them trying to cross over into the like american market and yeah. that's still their biggest hit in the states and i think it only topped up at like number like 39 or something here like it's like a you know gay people know it but it's not like a <laughs> mass appeal song yeah. um I like that song quite a bit, but a lot of their stuff is very like, you know, like sort of generic dance pop from that moment onward. Mm. And it just hate it. Like starting around like 2016, like you start getting like the chain smokers closer stuff. And then Billie Eilish comes in and like pop. I mean, like it took until 2020 almost for like the disco or just like dance pop in general to really come back in like a chart heavy way yeah and like that yeah it's so weird because it kind of i i almost have like blocked out the chain smokers and halsey Mm -hmm. and and that kind of that era because by then i was so disengaged with what was like the mainstream that i didn't really follow anything past that point and obviously i think choruses and and things have come back now and there's not like drops like in this in the sense that they were before with like Justin Bieber and Diplo and, and Sear and those kind of artists who you'd, you know, you'd have a big build up and then nothing would happen and I think I remember I think a couple of Little Mix songs tried to do that um, mm-hmm. but then essentially things have gone back to almost like big pop formats and yeah but they're kind of defunct now, aren't they? So we, we're just sort of like waiting for someone to fill the gap. Yeah. I think, I mean, all we can hope for is that the solo records are good, which I have, I have faith in, but the, so in the big, like, I feel like the two big girl groups of that era, like the UK girl group, like peak era, are girls allowed in sugar babes. Like which yeah. one of those two would you say you're more, inclined to well that's so hard because um well it's not hard I I, it, I my my answer is always the sugar babes okay um but I am having I this sounds stupid but around this time of year I listen to girls aloud mom because it's such like an autumnal for me anyway um and they're obviously back in the spotlight with um they're commemorating sarah and doing mm-hmm. they did a ball a charity ball in her honor this week yeah um, so it was really like a gut punch seeing them back together without mm-hmm. her um so obviously they're really at the forefront of my mind and i've been listening to girls aloud so much yeah just the last couple of weeks um but you know when 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 chips are down it's always i've always preferred the sugar babes I, I hate to admit it, but that's the truth. Um, but that being said, I love I love both of them. Like, yeah, like so much. They're they're both incredible. Um, but I think for me, the Sugar Babes just they edge it because um, I don't know. There's something about the voices. There's just like a distinctiveness there. I love yeah. Nadine. Nadine in Girls Aloud is is a wonderful voice. Icon. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, with the sugar base, you get you get so much value for just three members. You get oh yeah, Mutia is just the best vocalist, unbelievable, hands, hands yeah. down. Keisha's incredible, and then take your pick of any of the other ones. Like Amel, <laughs> Amel has a really good voice. Yeah, uh, uh, Siobhan has a beautiful voice, and I love beautiful. all her solo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, given the chance, Jade would have been great because she has a really good voice. Yeah, um, we never really got to hear that other than the, the last album. And also, I really love Heidi. And I oh think yeah, it's, it's such a shame that I mean, it's not. I'm really glad the original girls are back together because I love them and I think they're incredible. But it's such a shame that history is kind of being erased uh, in that sense. Yeah. Of like Heidi was there a very long time. Um, but you know what? I think it's all love between them and she's very happy. You know, she's just doing her thing yeah. in Liverpool. In Liverpool. Um, and I guess it's, um, you know, it's it's out there for everyone to see, you know, that she was there for their most successful period. Yeah, I, I think it's my favorite Sugar Babes album is Angels with Dirty Faces. And a lot of that is explicitly because Heidi is there. Like, yeah. I think I was listening to Round Round the other day oh, and God. perfect song. Also, like an, one with like. Did Xenomania do that or was it? I think, I think they did. Yeah. yeah. Just like a lot of moving parts and like individual little sticky hooks like it's it's a perfect pop song but her bridge really ties it all together have you heard so the, well. the extended version of it with the with the long version of the bridge so good um yeah. and to be fair like it's in a in a weird way i think because girls aloud were put together on a reality tv show i never yeah. really never really got on board with them until quite far down the line even though I loved No Good Advice mm-hmm. I, I, re- I wasn't really a fan of Sound of the Underground um oh that's yeah that's interesting to me I think like to come out of the gate that hot with such a weird no, of course. single I yeah I to- no totally I think on, on its own yeah <laughs> of course it was better than the other song that was you know the boy band that they oh yeah but to- like who remembers that of course <laughs> yeah, but they, yeah. they they were that was an incredible risky choice and it was great yeah um but like it never I just I don't know I loved no good advice and then yeah. I kind of went off them until perhaps um the show and the show was when I kind of really started to like them again. Um, which is to be fair, like quite early on, it's only two years into their career. Yeah. Um, but then I think at the tail end of their like Imperial phase, when you had call the shots and the promise and yeah. um, uh, I'm not the loving kind that one, like there's just mm-hmm. so many, like so many beautiful, like yeah. well-produced put together. And the thing is they were at that peak while the sugar babes were kind of falling apart and you kind of had their sort of shitty albums at the end. So, you know, yeah. it kind of, I think the sugar babes went in really hot at the beginning and they sustained that all the way through to like push the button. And yeah. About you now, I'm not a massive fan of, but I know that a lot of people like that song. I prefer um, the Miranda Cosgrove cover to the sugar babes cover, oh, but that's just I've, because I've, the key actually. <laughs> I really, I yeah. have not, I've not heard that. It's, um, it's like, 
it's so overplayed here that if I if I hear it, I'm just like, oh, God. yeah. <laughs> I I know I was catching up with Drag Race UK the other day, and like it was a lip sync song this season. Oh, the Sugar Babes version was like, mm, I I mean, if you had to make me pick between the two, Girls Aloud is my preference, but right. I think the peaks of Sugar Babes are higher than the peaks of Girls Aloud. Like, yeah, I think Girls Aloud like are more consistent. Is, yeah, definitely. Like, and yeah, definitely more consistent. Like, and it's all great music, but like, I don't think Girls Aloud has a song that is like titanically good as Freak Like Me is, which I think is the best pop song from 2000 onward. Wow. Yeah. That's high praise. I mean, it, it sounds it is, like the apocalypse. It's so good. Like, it is good. The, yeah. the thing is, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I was, I was about, 15 when that came out or 14 that was so formative for me and the 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 girls themselves are only two or three years older than me so Mm -hmm. what watching the music video where they're like playing three vampires and they initiate this they initiate Heidi to become one of them and it was so perfectly put together and it was so creepy and weird and quite scary and it really evoked like the 80s which obviously the sample comes from yeah it was really, really formative, and I was absolutely obsessed with Freak Like Me. And then to come back around with Round Round, I was just like, wow. And yeah. I think it was just that one-two punch I was in for the long haul then. And I was obsessed with Overload as well. Yeah. So, oh, God. <laughs> no, it's, it's Overload is such a perfect pop song, too. Like, there's something very, like, kinetic about on all three of those, like those three big singles at the beginning like that, like mm. just a lot of like, like polyrhythms and stuff. It's very, it's so interesting and weird. And I guess that's sort of a piece with like the Timbaland production and like the Dark Child production that was like big in the States and like the R&B, like pop crossover scene. But like, it's done so well by like, especially the Xenomania team. It's like, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think it's just uh maybe it's because it's three girls and they're they're so young that no one is going to take it seriously perhaps in the United States and because it doesn't come from where that music comes from originally it's only ever going to be like a pastiche of that and so it's not taken yeah seriously in that respect even though all the girls are like pop music scholars and when I did write with the three original girls like they're so knowledgeable of, of everything and soul music pop music yeah. rock music they know they know their stuff and and it's a shame really that you know because it's pop it's always forever sort of tarnished with that and it, uh, yeah i mean it was also just like an accessibility issue here too like yeah i think people kind of take for granted I, the streaming era has a lot of financial issues for artists and creators like that's but before streaming like a lot of the especially the UK music in the States was geo gated. So like you couldn't even play it except off of YouTube. Like my, my gateway into UK pop music as a whole was once by a Diana Vickers, weirdly. Like (laughs) I was a really big fan of hers on the X Factor. Oh my God. Through her, 
<laughs> I got really into like the Kathy Dennis discography oh, yeah. and then got really into like some older Kylie stuff I didn't know about. Like Kylie's a whole other conversation about like not big in the States, but like yeah. whatever. Oh yeah, we but, like that, did we? It just, and then like, no, I mean, Girls Aloud from there, then Sugar Babes, and then like getting into the weeds Rachel with a Stevens. lot of, yeah. Rachel Stevens, obviously. Yeah, I love her. Rachel Stevens. <laughs> She's kind of, the solo artist at the ra- the same time that you know those girls would were working mm-hmm. with Xenomania and Richard X and people like that yeah um, and it but the thing is for me it just sounds it does really sound incredibly British and I think the obviously it's because I grew up here and that was but it, there was yeah. something about like their vocals, the way that they were con- compressed, it just had, it's got like almost like an edge to it that yeah. you don't get with the American music. Um, and, you know, it's for some, maybe for not so much with the Sugar Babes, but with the other girls, like they don't have these powerful voices and they don't have, they're not capable of doing runs or they're yeah. like not really, Girls Aloud aren't really into harmonies. I know the Sugar Babes always really were, um, but it's kind of like, it, it's almost a bit punky in that respect and it's got a kind of abrasiveness that uh you don't really get with american pop girl groups Mm-mm. and yeah it's it's also like it's who's producing it i think you just kind of you hear it, it kind of sounds like music geeks have just had a really fun time with with a lot of these songs because they're yeah. just sort of trying out all these weird things and ideas and sometimes they get it right and sometimes they don't but it works anyway yeah um yes like it was it was a really good time for british pop music and i think in in a sense because of spotify kind of leveling the playing field and allowing anyone to access music from from anywhere in the world it has ruined that kind of localization that you get with pop music it definitely has like the accessibility is nice because you just couldn't le- you couldn't physically listen to it except on YouTube for a long time here. But like, I don't think like the th- actually being able to hear it has not necessarily opened people up to the idea of it because mm-hmm. like it's just yeah. I mean it it is so localized, but then like when everything's saturated on these services at once, like. The des- and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but like the desire to actually like seek out new music is almost lessened because it's just like so easy to do it. Yeah, I, I really struggle actually with that. And it, that's compounded by the fact that I'm an artist as well. So I mm-hmm. kind of don't want to be influenced by what's happening in like the zeitgeist or yeah. what's, what's kind <laughs> of trendy because it's never trendy by the time you release it. Like if you've done something that's kind of similar. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I remember hearing push the button for the first time and literally not knowing anything that sounded like it. And it's mm-hmm. just, I know actually that was with Dallas Austin, who is like the most American producer you, yeah. you can get and did a lot of TLC and Gwen Stefani and, but it still somehow managed to sound like the most English sounding song. Um, and Keisha wrote that as well, I think, with him. Uh, yeah. I think that was their attempt at trying to be American, actually. That Taller in More Ways, that record. Yeah. 
I think the only song, I don't think it's from Taller More Ways, but correct me. I think the only charting Sugar Babe song in the US is Hole in the Head. Yeah. Which That's is sort of, yeah. Like that definitely, like you could, that could conceivably play on US radio, but like. Yeah, because it kind of is around about the same time as Black Eyed Peas and people like that. And I think it's got that kind yeah. of like, you can't place it. It's not quite pop, not quite dance, yeah. not quite R&B. Like that, like that big like hybrid genre was so big back then, but it still sounds very like uniquely like. It does sound British. I mean, it like it's. I think Xenomania is like incapable of making something that doesn't sound like. <laughs> yeah. Super British, but I do think we have to move on to our final segment. Actually. Well, so, I hope I hope we did did justice for you know girls allowed in the sugar babes. Oh, we we definitely did, but. Now I'm ask, going to ask you an impossible question and cool. you have an impossible task. Tom, we are going to play tear the community apart. <laughs> the okay. rules here are very simple. I have picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. It sounds easy, but I have picked two absolute 10 out of 10 pop songs for you. Okay. They debut solo singles from two members of Girls Aloud. Oh, okay. Which song is better? Fight for This Love by Cheryl. Yeah. Or Beat of My Drum by Nicola Roberts. Oh my God. Is there a time frame? <laughs> um, you can talk through it. Like this is, we're, we're litigating in real time here. Okay. Well, I think Fight for This Love came first. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like cultural impact, in the UK, you can't get bigger than that for 2008 or whenever it was, because mm-hmm. it was just, it was everywhere. And she did a performance at the Brits. Yep. Where it was all military like formations and she was in her military outfit. And that for me was like incredible. Very Janet Jackson, actually. Yeah, uh, that, that music video is like actually iconic. I think like, in, yeah. like the paint splatters and like the, yeah. the outfits, like, really of its time too like it's it's so of its time it, it's very it's a time capsule but it also works like out. I, I yeah works outside of it too so I think you can't deny the cultural impact of it and I genuinely like if that comes on in the club which it does quite often uh I lose my shit so there's that but the Nicola Roberts one I just think for the sheer audacity of her doing a collaboration with Diplo um, and for it to sound as weird as it does. And from almost like when I heard it, it was like from the future. Like I honestly, mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell is this? Um, and, you know, the video is really weird, like with what she's wearing. It's very yeah. like- Also very time capsule like very 2011, like- yeah. It was so 2011. Yeah. Literally. And I think in a kind of London-centric bubble, it was the biggest thing in the world that ever happened. But then in the rest of the UK, it never really caught on. Um, But I think I'm going to go with with my drum because I think it just was more risky. uh, And I actually think Fight for This Love is probably not, as good a song in terms of 
lyrics. Yeah. It's Although definitely it's- more mainstream. It's mainstream for sure. Like Beat of My Drum is very much like she's been reading the blogs. She's yeah. cherry picking <laughs> some really cool things. And that's yeah. what we're getting here. Yeah. Uh, quite similar to Madonna, Give Me All Your Love In, um, mm-hmm. which was the year after, I think. Yeah. And the same producer as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, with the kind of um, marching band vibe, you know, spelling out names and yeah. numbers and things like that. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's it's a really, really difficult one. Um, but for me, just for the audacity, I think I'm going to go with Nicola Roberts. I don't get to play this game and my input doesn't matter, but I 100% agree with you. I think it's two great (laughs) songs, but Beat of My Drum is like, I I think- They're both 10 out of 10. Yeah. People ask me a lot to send them an album that like, I think they haven't heard that they should listen to. And I send them Cinderella Eyes. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. It's so good. It's Um, so good. And it's so cool. Like- I mean, she just, she is still, like, a very good curator of collaborators. Like, I think it's what makes her such a good songwriter, too. But, like, having, like, Diplo and Metronomy and all these other cool people. Like, it's 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 a really yeah. radical, interesting pop album. It's such a shame that she hasn't <laughs> followed it up. Yeah. Like, it really is. And I, I don't know if that's, like, out of fear of, you know the actual commercial success because it's expensive doing a record yeah but you know critically it was acclaimed and yeah people who love music love it and I think that's you know what more do you want I don't think people sit around talking about messy little raindrops by Cheryl being like what an incredible album no (laughs) and I mean there there are some good Cheryl has some very good singles like I think I mean promise this is like fantastic three words is another very weird experimental pop song but yeah like, don't don't get me wrong i'm like because yeah. i told you i'm I'm having this big girls aloud phase at the moment and yeah I have, this, I have this playlist where it's just girls aloud their singles deep cuts solo artist stuff so you know there's there's uh nicola on there the nadine on there some of her yeah. songs that i really love and then the amount of cheryl is actually really surprising and the, yeah. i actually love so many of the album tracks on the first album i thought it was incredible um you know her and will i am was like quite a good pairing for some reason it just really worked yeah um, they, you, you wouldn't think a collaboration like that would work as much as it does like she also i mean she was pretty on the pulse, like on a million lights too, like with Calvin Harris collab before that was like really, really mainstream. Yeah. Like there's a Lana Del Rey co-write on. Oh yeah. I yeah, with Ghetto song. Baby. Yeah, it's great. Ghetto Baby. And um, yeah. <laughs> I'm Maybe... trying to think. Oh no, go on, sorry. I'm trying to think of, uh, there's one called Under the Sun as well, which I really like. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it is, it is funny, like, it's shit to compare. So I'll say, but you can't help mm-hmm. it, can you? Because you know they're from the same band. Yeah, they're doing they're doing their solo stuff. But obviously, Nicola didn't have uh, the huge platform of X Factor um, in the same way that Cheryl did. Um, yeah, and uh, I just feel like we've been cheated of some incredible albums from Nicola. I'm sure she would have done some amazing work, and who knows, she might continue. Because it's, even the work, like 
the songs that she like wrote and like spearheaded for the group like on the metro are oh yeah fantastic like truly yeah. fantastic where like i if they get back together for like which i think i mean it would be hard to do without sarah but if mm. they do like you'd kind of hope that she would be the one to sort of do like the creative yeah spearheading i just can't see it happening i just no. can't see it happening i really wanted it to but i'm yeah it's just i mean maybe but I, I just, it's just um, hard like you really um when sarah died last year like you really watched all those old clips like especially like the promise music video like when she's comes out from behind the screen she's like here i am walking no, like it's just like <laughs> it's, it's it's like heartbreaking it's heartbreaking and she was like just such a core member of the group like i don't really know well how this is the thing i think i was saying this um she would have been the one most enthusiastic about a reunion yeah she she would have been front and center of spearheading that getting back together yeah. and she would have loved it every every second of it just because that's kind of what she lived for um, yeah. was performing it was the live thing for sarah she was like the one with the big garb on stage yeah. <laughs> always, always like shouting and being larry and it's just like it's really really heartbreaking yeah. um uh seeing seeing the four of them uh, without her is just like it just yeah god really no. really sad but i i actually um hadn't probably properly processed that news um sarah's passing until i saw that picture and it was like really upset me i was like really taken yeah. aback um but i i think it's lovely that they're back together to to do things for charity yeah. um and who knows you know sometimes girl groups do work without members um but it's different. It's not like, because obviously, like Victoria Beckham is still alive. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's just kind of, there's always the hope that she would just walk on stage one day, whereas that's not the case with yeah. uh, Girls Aloud. Um, but you never know. It's just, it's nice to see them all. I mean, I know they're friendly still. It's not like fraud, but it's not, it was nice at least. Like, very cathartic to see them all together. Yeah. Bit, no, it well, really was. that's a, a sad note to go out on, but oh, <laughs> unfortunately, God. I think we do have to wrap up the episode. Um, wow. Tom, thank you so much for coming on today. This was a true treat, true gift to get to talk to you about the album um, and just like music in general it's fun to shoot the shit about it where can people find you on social media um i am uh, at t-o-m underscore a-s-p-a-u-l so at tom underscore aspore and that is the same on instagram twitter and tiktok but i don't use tiktok <laughs> <laughs> uh i got copyright strikes for my own music so i just had to give it up yeah tiktok as someone who worked in music license in tandem in tandem with tiktok for a long time rancid space it, it, yeah. it does not make any sense um and obviously everyone needs to go listen to life in plastic expanded edition out monday october 17th um are you kicking off tour dates sometime soon too yeah so that is my um my next project is to put together the 
headline tour for Life in Plastic with hopefully some North American dates. Um, whether or not that will happen, we'll see because it's very difficult um, coming to America. Yes. Um, but that being said, I am actually uh, in Chicago as a tourist in a couple of weeks. Hey. Uh, yeah, I'm going to some uh, Halloween ball. <laughs> yeah, randomly. Um, and uh, I, you know, if ever I'm, I, I feel like if, if, if I'm going to do it, I need to do it right. So I need to like really sit down yeah. at the venues and, and see where I can, where I can perform. But yeah, that's my like main goal for 2023 is to do the tour um, and then hopefully a new album in 2024. But ah, very exciting. Yeah, we, we do. Crisis Drink does have a sizable demographic of UK listeners. So if you live there, go see Tom next year, hopefully. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at FKA Pigs with a Z. Uh, on Instagram at Drew Haskins with Z's and follow at Crisis Twink Pod on Twitter and Instagram for direct updates. Um, and listen to Girls Room, our Spotify live venture. We just had Catherine Cohen and George Severus on these past two weeks. So go back and check those out and we'll be back in two weeks with that. Um, cool. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Like what you just heard? Go to the show notes and whatever podcast app you're listening to this on and click the donation link.